Should maybe, I talk about how yeah. Nazis might apply to my quarter life crisis? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> if you can do I that. I can do that because this definitely gives me a quarter life crisis. All right, go for it. <laughs> Peyton Flynn is going to be joining us. Um, for those of you who don't know, Peyton's my boyfriend. And we've been dating for like almost two years. years. Two, a year and a half. Yeah. Not 20 years yet. He's already <laughs> tired of me. <laughs> His nagging like one. <laughs> um, but do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. Um, so, like she said, I'm the boyfriend. Um, I'm not in school right now. Uh, I'm just working. I'm working at a gym that I'll soon be the trainer of. Um, right now, I'm just a glorified janitor. I wipe down machines and scan people into the gym. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, so Peyton's currently 20 years old. So he's also in his quarter life crisis, and that's why we brought him on. But, well, for that reason and more reasons, you'll find out. But <laughs> um, what? how does the quarter life crisis kind of, like... What are, well, how are you feeling right now about that? Um, yeah, I guess like, you know, compared to you guys or your other guests, I'm not in college right now, and so I don't have like college problems. But I think there's a good a lot of people out there that aren't in college and have quarter life crises outside of college. Um, so I'd say definitely the biggest conflict is that you know I'm working right now and I don't necessarily have a specific path. You know, like you know having a pursuing a degree. Um, that will get me this specific career and so I kind of like left to myself to figure out my own problems and my own pursuits um, you know I'm probably gonna pursue a more entrepreneurial um, side of things and so I'm more career driven you know I'm trying to get good experience behind me when it comes to having specific jobs and having those jobs apply to what I think I might want to be in the future um, and just taking it upon myself to be educated um, you know, I, I'm, I like self-education, you know, where we have the internet where you can get any amount of information you want, literally, you know, you can get college courses on the internet for free just from YouTube. And so, you know, I'm trying to take my interests and apply it to something that I can do for the rest of my life. So, cool. Yeah. That's my crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know, being self-educated and pursuing education through the internet there's a lot of weird stuff on the internet and there's a lot of you know scary things that you learn about the world that you know you don't aren't necessarily bound to learn about when you're you know in pursuing a specific degree at the universities um you know so there's a lot of different terrifying aspects about you know where the world is going and where the world has been and how it hasn't been a very light or happy place and so um you know i guess that is frightening and makes me feel like I'm having some kind of existential crisis because <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> I don't completely understand the reality in which I live but um, so I guess what I'm going to be talking about today is just like a, an aspect of what is confusing and um, worthy of crisis in my life um, you know it's not specifically you know making me stay up at night yeah. this one thing but um, you know talking about um, conspiracy theories and alternative more I guess more how I like to describe them as alternative um, understandings of how you know history and how the world works mm. and so I think those alternative theories um, 
disgruntling because, you know, my fellow peers, my fellow 20-year-olds aren't thinking about the same things I am, and I'm, you know, concerned about, you know, all the ways that our society could fall apart while other people are more concerned about how they're going to carry out their position in society. And so I think that that's my, that's my crisis. And so, you know, talking about um, World War Two and the Cold War and the Nazis has something to do with my crisis in some way. Right. And it's more of just something that's interesting as well. First, like, what is a conspiracy theory? Just, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of have an idea, but from your perspective, what, like, makes a conspiracy theory um, theory? So... You know, obviously most people when they hear the fact that someone's a conspiracy theorist or they hear the word, you know, words conspiracy theory, um, they instantly fit that person in a box as someone that believes in, like, reptile people and flat earth. Well, and but do you believe I, in that? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Not you're yet. half... Not no, yet. You, you, you question those, though, don't I, you? Hey, I keep everything on the table <laughs> so that I can understand what is actually out there. And I think that's, like, what, you know, is true conspiratorial thinking is just like taking all the information you can no matter how ridiculous it sounds and you know comparing it to see which has the most evidence and using that as um, your interpretation as to how you know reality ex works and because you know a lot of people we live in a civilization where everyone needs to be civilized and they need to assimilate um, in order to have a functioning civilization and so I feel, feel like there's a few people on the on the outskirts of the norms that see reality in a lens that isn't from within the civilization and you know there's some weird stuff out there so <laughs> and we're gonna talk about it <laughs> cool yeah um, fun. <laughs> but yeah so why don't you like the word conspiracy um well you know just you know for the the, the same reason that i m mentioned a minute ago is that you know it's a it's kind of a good way to fit someone in a box as a conspiracy theorist, you know? And so they everything they've ever heard about a conspiracy theorist is projected onto me as, you know, someone that believes in crazy lizard person. people and yeah, yeah it's a crazy person. A lizard person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've dabbled. You fell into that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's something there, but I don't know yet. I keep it on the table. Um so yeah, that's why I, I mean I still use the word conspiracy theorist myself because there's just no other word to words to use mm -hmm. to describe it but I think it's more just like alternative ways of seeing you know reality I guess so it it, it kind of brings in aspects of every like field of study you know there's yeah. science whether it's you know history or um, I don't know government and I mean a million different things it's pretty much understanding as much as you can about the things we don't know yeah exactly or... the things that most people don't go around you know thinking about day to day you know because they're they're busy, you know, they have things to mm -hmm. do, but, you know, I'm not in college, so I can think <laughs> about whatever. <laughs> you have the time. Yeah, I'll have to be graded on what I think about, but, so yeah, um, not a huge fan of the word conspiracy theorist when it comes to the public, but, you know, I can still call myself a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Just redefine the word. Yeah, exactly. Or, I guess you're, I don't know, the stigma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, hopefully someday. People, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's for the best that everyone knows some of this stuff. But Probably <laughs> it's, not. Yeah, I don't know if we'd have a functioning society, yeah. but I don't know. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so, like, just to dive in, which, 
like I think we're gonna just focus on like a main theory that Peyton's gonna tell us about today. So which just um, give us an intro for what you're gonna so, talk about. You know, I I thought a lot about which one I wanted to talk about because there's some things that have more evidence than others and this one that I wanna talk about is pretty much just like a history lesson and that's um that, you know, the Nazis basically didn't, just to go right in, the Nazis didn't uh, die with World War II. Um, that the organization that is Nazism continued, or at least people that were high up in the, the order um, carried out throughout after World War II and um, messed in the Cold War a little bit. Um, and this is a pretty popular yeah, this, conspiracy yeah, theory. This one is basically the least, you know, fringe that there is because there's it's just evidence, you know, like this is what we're going to be teaching children in our history books in the next 15 years or so, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, so just to jump right in, I'll just, I will start with, um, end of the war, World War II, 19, like 45, um, Germany was making a lot of bad decisions, specifically Hitler was making a lot of bad decisions in his pursuit to take over the world. Um, you know, uh, Russia was encroaching on Berlin, um, America was, you know, liberating France and continuing to storm in Germany. Um, he failed in, you know, all types of attempts, whether it's, you know, the UK or Africa and everything. And so Hitler being the sociopath that he was, he started blaming everyone else, um, including all of his like advisors and all the people that were in his inner circle. Um, and so he fired a lot of them, um, blaming them for his failures, and one of them was this guy named uh, Reinhard uh, uh, Galand, and um, basically Galand was responsible for spying on the Soviet Union at the time. He was in charge of the whole like espionage branch of the Nazis, um, but Hitler fired him, and since he fired him, uh, Reinhard Gaylord, or Galand, <laughs> um, oh, Galand, um, basi <laughs> basically, basically, uh, took it upon himself to carry out um, a plan, um, post-war plan, because he knew that the that Hitler was um, was being, you know, theoretically being brought down, at least the Nazi structure was, Germany was. Um, and so he got all of his Nazi friends together um, and made his own plan to, you know, pursue world domination um, after the Germans were defeated. Um, so what he did with um, a bunch of his Nazi friends um, was uh, he turned himself into the United States, actually. And um, the reason that he did this was because he um, was, you know, the Germans were known for their espionage. They were the best in, you know, history for spying. Um, and so he came to the U.S., who he knew um, wasn't very good at spying, at least on the Soviet Union at the time. Um, and so he basically came to the, the U.S. Um, specifically... Um, Captain um, Broker, um, he was like the, the captain in the army, because he came specifically to the army um, to propose that he give the United States all of this information and offer his um, espionage capabilities to um, the U.S. Um, against the Soviet Union. Um, and the reason that we were, you know, so, the reason that we needed to spy on the Soviet Union so much, you know, you hear about the Cold War and that, you know, we were fighting, but a lot of people don't know why. Um, and it's because the ideology, uh, I, I, ideologies um, of the West, United States, and the, the East, Soviet Union, um, were so radically different. Um, the West was all about freedom and democracy, and it was a republic. 
Um, but the Soviet Union was all about, you know, giving all your money and your power to the state, to the government, essentially, um, in order for them to redistribute it amongst those who deserve it the most. Um, and so they knew that um, post-war, all of these countries that were destroyed by World War II were going to be in what's kind of called a power vacuum. And you see this a lot in, like, what's in the, going on in the Middle East right now, is that, you know, we took out a dictator in, say, Iraq, and then um, as soon as that happened, um, all these different terrorist organizations start rising up and trying to claim the power for themselves since there is no more power. And so that was the main concern in Europe after the World War II is that the Russians were going to take over and implement communism um, and be a threat to the West. And um, so America gladly took Reinhardt, uh, Galand, and all of his Nazi friends. Um, they put him on American payroll so the taxpayers were paying for his, his job to go spy on the Soviet Union. And then they sent him back um, to Germany um, to go spy in West Germany. Um, but, you know, a lot of conspiracy theorists, they like to pin things on the government. Um, but that's, I, I do it too, but it's just because there's not enough time to go into details. And usually what they mean by the government is like specific divisions within the government. And so, you know, the government, American government specifically is designed to be stagnant and slow. So people like to... Um, point at the government saying that it's the government's fault, the government is doing this and that, um, but really it's like specific organizations within the government that um, are carrying out their um, objectives in secrecy. Um, so it's not like, you know, all the Congress people and all the representatives and all the Senate and, you know, um, judicial branch and the executive branch know about all these, all these conspiracies. It's more like specific individuals in specific departments that are carrying out um, things in their best interest. So um, when, like... Would anyone else in the government know about these secret um, commissions or whatever, except for that department? Like, would higher-up officials know about right. it? President, like, presidential administration, whatever? Or is it just, like, that department doing something secret that nobody else knows about? It really just depends on what their objective is, I think. But specifically in this case, um, Truman, who was the president at the time, um, he, you know, he obviously stated, you know, no Nazis are allowed into this country, you know, they were the enemy. Um, but it was um, specifically these chief of staffs um, that were doctoring all the documents um, about these Nazis that they were bringing in, basically making them seem like they were just, you know, disgruntled Nazis that were caught up in the war and were just doing their job and they didn't, you know, do anything too radical. Um, and they're trying to change their ways and, you know, come to America and help America. But in reality, you know, they were major war criminals. And throughout the world after World War II, um, something called the Nuremberg Trials um, was when they were going around basically executing all these war criminals that were Nazis. Um, and so, the, you know, the, government, the, the, the executive branch didn't know anything about um, uh, Reinhard Galand coming into the U.S. and being paid by the U.S. and everything, but it was specifically, you know, divisions within the army. Um, so it was more of a military co um, um, cabal. Um, than it was, you know, the government. Um, so anyways, um, they sent them back to Germany. Um, they started spying on the Soviet Union as things progressed. Um, and then um, just an example of another person that they, they doctored the documents of um, was this guy named, um, what's his name? Uh, Arthur Rudolph. Um, and he was um, a pretty bad guy. He uh, was responsible for working um, on the um, Mittelwerk factory, and basically that was a factory in Germany, um, buried in like some mountain somewhere, um, where they were working on rockets, um, specifically the V2 rockets, 
Um, and at that time, you know, that was cutting edge technology. You know, we were dropping bombs from planes and mortars and stuff like that. Um, they weren't rocket propelled, you know, we would just drop the bombs, but the Nazis, since they were really good at engineering, um, they were building rockets. Um, Rudolf was responsible for overseeing this commission, um, building these rockets and they used a lot of slave labor, you know, these people that were in concentration camps to, to build these rockets. And so obviously they don't care about the conditions in these caves where they're making things and they just, you know, needed the direct labor and, you know, they don't care about the well-being of those prisoners. And so over 20,000 people died under the supervision of Rudolf. Um, but that didn't stop the U.S. government from giving him money and sending him out to, to work for the government. What's the um, evidence for that part? Like, how do you know that he came to the U.S. and they doctored? Um, so um, I'll get into okay. what he's, so what he went on to do. Okay. Um, cause there's, it's, it's kind of like a reveal towards the end. Cause, That's fine, yeah. Um, there's a specific... Are these, sorry. No, go ahead. Are these all people that were, like, in Hitler's regime? Or yeah. Like... These were high-up people, like his advisors. Um, oh, okay. So Rudolf was, you know, responsible for his... And they started working for the U.S., like, after they were with Hitler? Yeah, so so this is after World War II. Okay. Um, so, you know, this is, like, Cold War era starting. Um, so this specifically um, was, like, 1946... Um, and so on. Um, so just like a year after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a specific organization that, that later comes out, like not that long ago, that was responsible for uncovering all this information that we know. Um, so I'll get to that like as the time scale moves down. Um, Perfect. But um, so Rudolf is working somewhere in the government. He's not specifically working for espionage against the Soviet Union. Um, but um, I'll, get back, I'll get to that. Um, but Going back to the um, Galen organization, which is the organization that's spying on the Soviet Union on our behalf, um, they're thriving in Western Germany at the time, um, 1946-ish. Um, they have over hundreds of Nazis working for them in this organization spying, um, and um, they're receiving over half a million dollars a year um, from the Pentagon to continue functioning. And um, you know, America is convinced that you know they have everything under control. The Nazis lost, and you know we're the ones they're having them go out and work for us. But in reality, there was only two army officials that were supervising this whole operation of hundreds of Nazis that were, you know, out there specifically lying, you know, spying and, you know, not telling the truth. And so, um, you know, it's hard for two people to keep track of all, of all that. And it's, you know, kind of a Frankenstein's monster type situation where they create something that they think would be good. And then, you know, obviously goes out of control. Um, so uh, another um, Nazi that they brought in was uh, named uh, Klaus Barbie. It's kind of a funny name for a Nazi, Barbie. Um, but he was known, his other name isn't so funny. Uh, it's the Butcher of Lyon. Um, Lyon was uh, a country or a city in uh, France. And the way he earned that nick- nickname was from going around to um, orphanages and stealing a bunch of orphans and bringing them oh into concentration what camps. What the heck? Um, so he's a pretty screwed up guy. And yeah. so after the war, um, <laughs> um, France was prosecuting him, where they're trying to prosecute him, they're, they're looking for him, um, you know, for these Nuremberg trials um, to execute him. Um, but instead he, you know, was useful to the United States. And so the United States smuggled him out of Germany and they brought him to South America, specifically Bulga- uh, Bulgaria. Um, Bolivia, Bolivia, um, where he basically continued to do all of his weird tests on people um, in those South American countries, um, and then he peacefully died 
you know, 30 years later, you basically, we basically gave him a retirement plan in South America, um, and he completely got away with it, so that, that sucks. Um, yeah, there's this one documentary, um, not a documentary, but it's a TV show, I think it's called Fighting Hitler, um, it's, it's hosted by some special ops army guy, um, he was on a Joe Rogan podcast recently, and he was talking about how he went to these South American countries like Argentina, Venezuela, uh, Bolivia, and there's colonies of Nazis, um, all white people living up in these mountains. Um, and this is present day. This is present not day. Not like yeah. back in. Whoa. Yeah. Um, what the heck? Yeah. This is like a documentary 40s. that's come out in like the last four months or so, I think, uh, or a TV show. So um, they're still looking. Well, I know there are Nazis out there, unfortunately, yeah. but they're not like the, like the petty, like, yeah. um, skinhead guys that are out there because they can't get a girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, like modern day Nazi colonies throughout South America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this guy uncovered them. Yeah, and these were people that are basically proud at the fact that their grandparents came to South America mm. and were Nazis. And so he came, that the special agent guy, um, came to South America to explore these these ideas um, and he found these colonies of people that were proud Nazis um, and there's plenty of stories of native people who were you know basically tortured by this specific Nazi um, Barbie that came over to South America and there's this one specific story about you know some guy who met his wife in basically a, a torture hospital um, so there's lots of evidence for that um, how many people are in those like <sighs> Villages or whatever they would call I forgot exactly like. what the number was, um, so I'm going to kind of spitball it, but the first thing that comes to mind, I think, was like 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not That's like, a, yeah, it's like... Significant. Yes. Yeah, they also speak German. Yeah. No, yeah, they In completely the speak German. In the middle of, like, South America. Yeah. All over these. Yeah. So, wherever they are. Yeah, like Venezuela, Argentina, um, and uh, Bolivar- uh, Bol- Bolivia. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, uh, so we'll move on, um, to about, uh, 1948, um, this is when, um, the Soviet Union is, um, moving in towards the west, um, of Europe, and they take over, um, Czechoslovakia, which is now, you know, the Czech Republic and Slovakia, it's two different countries now, but then it was Czechoslovakia, I think it's, like, southeast of Austria, I think, um, but, um, the Soviet Union came in and basically took over their government in 1948. Um, they didn't have to do it too, you know, militarily. They basically just flexed their muscles and showed them that they can easily take over, and so they kind of surrendered in a way um, to the Soviet Union. Um, but the Galen organization, since they were the mediator to, you know, America understanding what was going on in the East with the Soviet Union, um, they told um, America, um, specifically some generals, um, one named uh, General Clay. Um, just trying to use as many names as possible so it seems legit. <laughs> but, <laughs> so to show how legit it is. Yeah, not, not to make it seem. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just names that are made up. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can you can look these people up. And they'll you'll they'll be there. Um, so General Clay specifically um, got information from the Galen organization um, that uh, Russia was planning or the Soviet Union. Um, was planning um, a Blitz-style invasion of Western Europe, and so Blitz was, like, the Blitzkrieg, the Germans used it as this technique of using very fast tanks, 
um, to basically penetrate all the way through the country into the heartland um, instead of you know fighting at the borders and slowly moving in. And so um, the Galen organization lied, saying that the Soviet Union was going to be doing this blitz-style attack past Czechoslovakia. Um, that wasn't true at all. Um, Russia was actually, or the Soviet Union was actually um, kind of overextended, so they didn't, really, they didn't have the resources to keep going. Um, and so that put America on high alert and um, exacerbated the, the fear during the Cold War. Um, so um, the disinformation really started there once Russia started making its move. Um, but then people started catching on um, to what was going on um, with the um, Galand organization and how they weren't just a bunch of old ex-Nazis and that they were actually war criminals. Um, and so the CIA caught on, actually. Um, so before it was kind of the Army's operation that they were working on, but then the CIA learned um, that um, this is happening. And they basically decided that they're going to take responsibility for this organization. And so they're going to they take them in, basically. Um, because they realized that, you know, you can't, if we can't beat them, we have to join them because the, we had no information about the Soviet Union that was given to us um, outside the, the Galen organization. Everything we knew about what was going on, not everything, but most of what was going on um, during the Cold War was given to us by this Nazi organization that, you know, was pursuing whatever goals it had. Um, and so the CIA wanted to basically um, take them in. And specifically, um, this guy named, um, well, he was a colonel, um, and his name, last name was Critchfield. Uh, he was actually on an interview with the BBC um, in 1992 saying that, we, that, that he wanted to take responsibility for this, this organization, um, take them in and use their intelligence um, under the CIA. So that's, you know, you can find that on YouTube in five seconds um, of him just saying it personally. Um, so... Um, then 1949, um, NATO is made. Um, so NATO is the North Atlantic Tr uh, Treaty Organization. Um, what that was at the time was 12 different countries of the West, so like America, Canada, um, Greenland, and then a lot of the Western European countries, um, making a treaty saying that if anyone attacks any one of these countries, then they're all going to attack. You know, so sp specifically aimed at Russia because at this time Russia was gaining a lot of countries themselves. Um, in Eastern Europe um, that were converting them to communism. Uh, so that happened, um, and then, uh, let's see, um, a few years passed, so this is, so we fast forward to 1961. Um, there's this guy named um, Heinz Felfa, who was um, in the SS. Um, I can't really describe exactly what the SS was, but the SS was basically a high-ranking high military operation under the Nazis, and Heinz Felfa was in the SS and he basically earned his way to being um, chief of the Galand organization. So he's kind of running things, you know, not as high up as Galand himself, but he was running the operation. Um, but the Soviet Union caught on to what was going on with this Galand organization, and they um, blackmailed um, Felfa um, into basically giving all his, his information to the Soviet Union um, and to basically turn against the U.S. Um, so the CIA eventually caught on to the, what Felfo was doing and arrested him in 1961. So he's in prison, at least. So the names aren't really going to come together. They're more of like examples of how bad of people we brought in. Okay. Um, and how critical they were to the Nazi movement. So that they weren't, cool. they, mm -hmm. like, they weren't just these Nazis that were these guys that, you know, had families and they just joined the army because, you know, 
they wanted to provide for their family and they wanted to win, but these were like high up Nazi guys that were war criminals and that should have been hung and killed in the Nuremberg trials, but instead we gave them refuge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the point. You don't have to remember these names specifically, and I'll bring them back. Um, but I'm trying to demonstrate on how atrocious these people were, and we yeah, you know, and how the American military pretty much the Pentagon uh, yeah was using and the CIA them yeah as spies mm-hmm. and you know you can make the argument because communism is horrible um, you know people like to think that communism is you know something that's just a different ideology but really it's killed you know. It, communism itself has killed more people than Nazis ever have due to just starving their own people. Um, you know, the Soviet Union itself starved over 50 million people of their own. Um, they had to drop flyers saying, you know, please don't eat your own children when they were starving to death because the government would come in and take all their food um, and redistribute it to those who deserve it. And you that's know. a real fact. Yeah, that's a real fact. That's, no, yeah. That's because we... <laughs> Sounds crazy, but... No, yeah, that's, that's real. Um, we, yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, what a lot that's of people wild. our age know about the communism and yeah. there isn't that much we didn't learn much no, about the communism yeah. in school is all about the, the nazis mm-hmm. um, that's very true actually. so you know maoist china which was this is kind of a tangent but maoist china was also communist they killed over 150 million people of their own um and so you know other countries there's plenty of countries every country that's ever been communist is has starved to death base essentially um but anyways um so you know we did need to take active measures against the the um uh, the Soviet Union, but I don't think that, you know, cooperating with Nazis was the best way to do it, even though we didn't have much of our own information. Um, but, uh, so I'll, I'll start bringing this together. Um, so in 1956, um, the, this is like kind of like the, the most ridiculous fact about the Gayland organization, that is in 1956, they became the official intelligence organization of West Germany. And they, so, you know, our official organization for intelligence is the CIA. Theirs was literally a Nazi group um, of war criminals that were responsible for their country's intel. And they renamed themselves the BND or whatever. I don't know what it stands for, but... Um, so their intelligence group was a bunch of people who used to be Nazis? They were war criminals, yeah. But they didn't know that? or Well, remember the, the, the specific people within um, the government specifically the army, doctored the documents. They basically changed the information oh, okay. on the documents saying that these people were war criminals so that, you know, other people didn't catch on because we needed to use them, mm-hmm. in air quotes, needed. Um, so this is, now I'm going to get into how we know all this stuff because, you know, all this was, class- I'm talking about things that were classified back then and so it's like, you know, how, how do I know that? Um, but this part um, is basically how we came to know this stuff and it's pretty amazing because you never learn we never learned anything about it um but that was in 1974 um so you know like 20 20 something years after world war ii um not that long ago like when our parents were born or something i don't know um so this happened in 1974 and it was this specific congresswoman in new york um her name was elizabeth holtzman um she was congressman woman in new york um she basically um, caught on to the fact that um, that we were bringing these Nazis in, that they were um, basically finding sanctuary in the United States instead of being tried as war criminals. Um, and she uh, came to um, the commissioner for immigration, um, whose name was um, what is that, Leonard Chapman, um, for the United States. He was the commissioner for immigration, and she asked him, "Have we actually been housing all these Nazi war criminals?" And he said, "Yes." 
he so he confirmed all of that information that she was speculating for the first time. Um, and so then um, in 1978, so four years later, um, something came around called the Holtzman Act, which was named after that congresswoman. Um, and basically what this said was that um, we, were, we were outlawing all Nazi, you know, sanctuary in America, which would seem obvious, but they had to do this in 1978 because we found that it, it wasn't, it wasn't happening, that there mm -hmm. was Nazis in America, and that we would deport all the Nazis in America. Um, and so with that, they created this organization called the OSI. Um, uh, I think it's the Organization for Special Investigation, I think, but it was a sub-organization under the Department of Justice. Um, and so um, this is when all this, this is kind of the process of how I'm, I'm talking about all these things, how we get all this information, was through the OSI. Um, and the OSI was um, searching for not only Hitler, but for Nazis in America. And in all this invis investigation, um, 1978, um, they found out that um, Rudolph, so you remember Rudolph, the guy that was working on the rockets, um, mm -hmm. was responsible for 20,000 deaths um, of concentration um, prisoners. Um, they basically realized that he was been working for NASA this whole time. Um, and that not only was he working for NASA, but he was responsible for overseeing um, the Saturn V um, rocket. And Saturn V was literally the rocket that brought us to the moon. So mm -hmm. he was directly responsible for bringing us to the moon. <laughs> yeah, so. What the heck? Yeah. And they only found this out once they did those. Like people knew he, that he would, like, you know, anyone that was in the loop knew that, you know. He had been a Nazi. Well, that he was just a guy that was helping the NASA, you know, build oh, rockets. But then yeah. through this investigation with the OSI, they discovered that he was a Nazi war criminal this whole time. And that, you know, oops, you know, this is 1980 at this point, we got to the moon off of this Nazi war criminal, thanks to this Nazi war criminal. How did no one figure that out right. before? Yeah, it's because it was all secret until this woman in Congress got all this yeah. information. And so... Um, because wow. it, it would have been a political disaster, you know, yeah. if this got out, if, you know, everyone was celebrating after World War II is the most horrifying war that we've ever gone through. Everyone was super excited and, you know, that was when our economy started exploding and the American patriotism was, was at like an all-time high. And if people found out that we were bringing in Nazi war criminals... That, like, like, yeah, that yeah. Nazi is what brought, brought upon yeah. all that. Right, like, all that American patriotism, yeah. you know, specifically going to the moon. That was, like, the, the biggest achievement that we had after World War II was yeah. going to the moon. And so it wouldn't have been too good. And so but the people that were... Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Who knows what Nazis were actually doing out there going to the moon. Because yeah. <laughs> that opens up a whole new can of worms. It's like, yeah. you know, a whole new conspiracy theory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Nazis are on the moon. Yeah, I've dabbled with the Nazis on the moon, but I haven't gotten too far into yeah. it. <laughs> um, but, um, so that was 1980 that we figured that out, basically. Um, and then in 1998, a new Congress, a different Congresswoman, so this is the year that we were born, pretty much. Were you born in 98? 97. Yeah. It's same, same time, basically. Yeah. Um, 98, so 20 years ago, um, there was this Congresswoman... Um, her name was, um, let's see if I remember it, uh, Car uh, Carolyn Maloney. It's not Melanie, it's Maloney. It's weird. Um, <laughs> Called her out. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like You're a, weird. yeah. <laughs> she felt it wrong or something. It sounds like a, like a meat product. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pack of hot dogs. Yeah. I'm going to go to the store and get myself a pack of Maloney. Oh my gosh. Um, but she was also a congresswoman for New York. Um, and she was also catching on to the fact that, you know, Nazi war criminals were, were helping out America extremely. 
And so she um, brought this act um, together called the Nazi War Crimes Disclosure Act. And so, you know, not not very many people in America or let, or anyone are really looking into like all the acts and the bills that are popping up in Congress and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't expect anyone to know this stuff because um, no one's digging around. But, you know, in 1998, when we were born, they literally brought up an act in Congress called the, the Nazi War Crimes Disclosure Act. And it's like, what are we doing talking about Nazis in 1998? You know? Yeah, yeah. But interesting. But there's, you know, there's a reason. And um, so basically what this act said was that the CIA must disclose all information about what they did with the Nazis. And the CIA's response was, well, we can't because that would be a national security risk. And so to them, whatever mm. view they see, wh- however they see safety in America, disclosing Nazis, um, their, their collusion with the Nazis was a risk to, do, to our safety, yeah. apparently. That's crazy. Um, but then Bill Clinton, um, you know, passed um, that act and forced the CIA to disclose all this information. Um, and so throughout the next six years, so up until 2004, um, so, you know, when we were kids in school learning about, I probably weren't learning about the Nazis in 2004, but, you know, the, hist- the history books that we were bound yeah. to learn from were made, like, in that time, 2004. Um, so this information was very fringe and new. Um, but over those six years where they were, f- the CIA was forced to disclose all this information, um, we learned all this stuff that I've been explaining right now. Um, and it, that specific um, declassification of information was known as the biggest intelligence declassification in, in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we don't learn about, you know, intelligence declassifications yeah. in school. Yes, that's um, true. So, um, very recent. Um, and so, yeah, but the scariest thing, I think, for me um, is there's this one guy named Timothy Naftali or something, whatever his last name is. Um, he's considered like a world, uh, not a world war, um, a Cold War expert. And um, what he brought to light is that the CIA, after disclosing all this information, also disclosed the fact that they found out, the CIA themselves, that 90% of the information that was given to the U.S. by the Galind organization was lies. And so we basically don't know exactly what Mm. the Galind organization was doing 90% of the time. Dang. So... So Go ahead. So all the people that you described earlier were in the Galind organization? Mm. And so we don't know what they actually did at all. While in the Galen organization. How right? do we know it was fake? Did you explain that? What's that? How do how do we know that the ninety percent of it was fake? Um, well that's that's what the CIA told us. Oh um, after okay. we spoke. So the gotcha. CIA learned it themselves. Yeah. Because remember the CIA never like trusted this organization to begin with. They just knew that we had no other option but to to take them to in. Use them. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise they would fight us and mm-hmm. we'd be fought by the Soviet Union. And so it was only, they were our only chance. If you can't beat oh. them, then you join them. Um, and, but meanwhile, everything, 90% of what the Galen organization said they were doing was a lie. And so to this day, we still don't know what they were actually doing. Dang. And so when people say that, I, that I'm crazy for thinking that the Nazis could be ruling the world right now, it's like, well... We don't know yeah. what we gave them money to Yeah, do. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And did you say the Pentagon gave them half a million? Half a million every year. Every wow. year. Yeah. So, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, how long were they, how long was that organization, like, um, you know, running? How, that's a good is question. It still I, running? I, I, probably in the shadows on the moon or something. <laughs> <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I, I didn't look into exactly like when we officially closed down the Galen organization, if they ever even said that we closed it down or if it just continued to be the, the BDN, BND, you know, when they became West Germany's official intelligence organization. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, it, for all I know, you know, Germany's intelligence organization is still the BND, so I don't know what they, what they have. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, one last, like, little fact I guess I have um, is, uh, so I mentioned this guy named uh, Christian. He was the guy in the CIA that proposed that we take in the Galen organization under the CIA, and he talked to B- B- the BBC, you know, in 1990, saying that he wanted to bring in the Galen organization. Um, he defended his decision until 2003 when he died, and so, you know, he, up, and up until 2003, up until his death, he thought that it was a good idea, and so, you know, that's a person that was in the CIA that was responsible for the collusion with the Galen organization that defended it until his death, Dang. so that's pretty freaky, but, um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all I have on specifically the Galen organization, but, um, it's pretty convincing. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's not really, it's not even conspiracy theory. It's just history that is new, you know, as yeah. of 2006. And it shows that, like, what, what does it show? Like, that the Nazi regime is still... That elements that ran the Nazi regime are still operating, or have, that have been operating in the shadows all along, mm-hmm. at least. Dang. So, we don't know to this day. There's, you know, there's... A lot of things I could talk about when it comes to the Nazis that I don't have this much evidence for, you know, because this is a lot of ev- evidence because it's just history. You know, it's passed through Congress and it's recognized by the government now that it, it is history. That there's been Nazis, like, hidden right. in America this yeah. whole time. Some of the biggest things that war they criminals. can't release yeah. Yeah. for safety purposes. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, good citizens that learn what we're supposed to learn. You know, all of us are just brought into this universe and we observe each other to figure out what we're supposed to be doing, you know? That's how society is made, is that we, we, we become assimilated, you know? That's, yeah. And so, you know, we learn what we learn in school, and that's what we think happened in history, but it's like, were you there? Like, did you see every element of what happened in the past? <laughs> no, because you were just born. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we're pretty much going off of everything in faith that, you know, that we're being told the truth. Interesting. So. And... and- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> As a conspiracy theorist, is it like in your gut to like see to like find if that if that's the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think conspiracy theorists, it's like I think they don't have the faith that what they're telling us is the truth, and that's yeah. where how conspiracy theories are born. Yeah. Because they're like, oh well, I think they're lying. Right. What's the other option? Right. Um, that's, that's like, that's like a perfect explanation of like what I, what most people see as a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. is someone that, you know, you can tell subconsciously they don't even believe in their own bullcrap, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they're, they're just saying this stuff because it's crazy to them and they're shocked by it, but you know, there's nothing really to it and they don't believe it, you know, but this mm-hmm. is just history. Um, so this one is definitely the thing that I believe the most because it is just history. There are a lot of other things that I think there's oh, plenty of evidence for, um, that that makes sense um that doesn't necessarily have this much evidence but um i guess i can go into a little bit about like hitler himself um 
and so basically when um, 1945 when Soviet Union was you know the story is that the Russians were closing in on Hitler's compound and then Hitler and his family committed suicide and so that was the end of Hitler um, but what we we know now is that um, basically uh, so you know Russia set, said that they found Hitler's body and they they preserved like they, they held on to his body this entire time um, but back then we didn't have DNA analysis and so we were just taking their word for it um, but when we came up with DNA technology and we started figuring out how to how genetics works we tested Hitler's body and it was a woman and so you know well, we don't definitely even, not Hitler right, yeah. Yeah. Hitler was secretly a woman the whole yeah, exactly. time yeah exactly yeah there's another conspiracy yeah, we can one. look into <laughs> <laughs> he's missing and doing his own thing on the moon or he's a woman yeah on the moon <laughs> <laughs> yeah what the heck so and you know th these so there's this act called the Freedom of Information Act, and basically we got this act because someone sued the government for lying, yeah. um, and so the government agreed to slowly release information that was that is classified. And you know, not that long ago, Trump like declassified the JFK files, mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people that know that conspiracy theorists are out there and know that there's theories behind who shot JFK. You know, everyone kind of has in the back of their mind like, oh, the CIA shot JFK. You know, and but they don't look into it themselves. Um, but, you know, they don't look into actual documents that were disclosed in the JFK files, they just hear about it. Um, but what we got in the JFK files, actually, you know, some of it, a lot of it pertained to the JFK, but some of it, um, a, f a few pages specifically, literally had a picture of Hitler in 1962 um, sitting with some other guy in Argentina. Um, and this guy in Argentina who was in the picture with Hitler came to the United States and said, hey, I know where Hitler is. Um, and so we saw that in the, the JFK yeah. files just a few months ago. Well, and so this is history unfolding right before our eyes, yeah. and we're just the people that aren't paying attention. And, you know, history is always solidified, you know, decades in the future. You know, they don't, they don't, it's not mainstream right away because there's people that want to keep it secret for their own benefit, you know. Hmm. Otherwise, you know, the, the military's keeping secrets all the time because if they just told us, us as American citizens what their plans were, then the enemy would know what to do. Yeah. You know, and so there's secret like secrecy is intertwined with you know, with history and with government and with the military, and so we are just now getting glimpses of the stuff that's actually yeah. happening of how history actually went, of the truth, and it's pretty hard to believe, but it's because it's the first time this has come out. Mm -hmm. So, Dang. what about Hitler's like right hand man? Oh, um, so. I've heard this before. Um, I didn't see the evidence that I was looking into recently. Um, that uh, so I, I think it was um, Heinrich Himmler. Um, was like Hitler's right-hand man, like you said, um, and he was also in the compound when it was being stormed by the Soviet Union, and um, he was caught trying to escape the compound disguised as someone who wasn't him, um, and the Soviet soldiers basically recognized him and they called him out and they were like like going to get him because he's Hitler's friend um, and he bit a cyanide capsule in his mouth and committed suicide and so you know we know that there was at least attempts to escape and plans to escape so I was he in, in a disguise yeah or did in, you say that yeah I said that oh. he was in disguise um, but I don't I've heard that before and I, I don't have it like solidified in fact right now, but it's so what's so is the theory that Hitler like escaped the compound in disguise, and 
Went so, to Argentina? I don't think there's enough information right now to know how Hitler escaped. Um, you know, it could have been doubles, for all we know, that were in the building, because um, he was known for using them. You know, he had, like, the most amount of assassination attempts carried out on him than anyone else in history. Wonder why. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he probably had plans for escaping this type of stuff. Um, even though he was pretty crazy and made a lot of bad decisions in the end. But, um, I mean, bad for him, not bad for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or for humanity. <laughs> um, but there are some... Um, there's lots of different um, instances where there were U-boats in 1960, which were submarines for Germany, that were found off the coast of uh, South America. Um, and that's kind of what led investigation into South America, and we found all types of things, like these people that, you know, lived there and identified as Nazis. Um, and the uh, one creepy aspect is um, that we found in a lot, like in, I think it was like a year ago, um, we just recently found in this random like Argentine woman's house um, a secret room and the entire secret room was full of Nazi memorabilia no. and relics and stuff like that and the CIA or FBI or I think it was FBI or something instantly confiscated it all and we didn't learn anything about what was in there and we know that that's what a lot of like drug lord uh, people like specifically in Mexico have done like Pablo Escobar he would pay these just regular common people who are trying to get by and feed their children uh, an incredible amount of money to basically build a secret room in their house and to come in whenever he wants and do whatever he wants in that secret room and so that's the idea is that Hitler was also doing that or at least Nazis were doing that in Mm -hmm. these South American countries oh is anyone doing anything right now to stop the Nazis in South America Um, or like so they just chilling are they like (laughs) doing anything wrong or do they just have terrible beliefs that Hitler was Um, well (laughs) they're great they're they're their families have done terrible things there, you know, like mm. that that fa- that yeah. couple that I was talking about earlier, that like Venezuelan couple or whatever they were, um, that were mm. in like that torture hospital. You know, they had these stories about how they were, you know, set on fire and types of oh and all types of crazy yeah. stuff just because they were, you know, brown. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I don't know like what's actually going on right now because that's like as updated as our information is and you know there's always things going on behind the curtain of the government you yeah know, we like to think that what we see on fox news or cnn or msnbc whatever it is on the news or twitter or whatever it is is that is what's going on but obviously you know it's not there's you know people in helicopters and guys with guns that are out there carrying out secret missions we all know that secret missions are something and so, you know, who knows what's going on in South America right now, looking for Hitler. True. You know, Hitler could still be alive for all we know. <laughs> How old would he He'd have been? He'd be pretty old. Yeah. Well, we know that, that there's a few, um, this is a weird tangent, but it, <laughs> it kind of applies. Uh, I forgot his name, but there's some um, tech billionaire in um, Silicon Valley. Um, I forgot his name, but he... he openly talks about how he has young blood injected into his body to feel younger no. um, and we've done scientific tests with that with mice and they basically take blood of young mice and put it into old mice and the old mice start acting like young mice again and they do the opposite where they inject the old blood from the old mice into the young mice and the young mice act old like all broken down and slow and low energy what um, the heck so you know there's all types of weird secret stuff that, yeah. like yeah. blood magic and stuff that Hitler probably was using <laughs> So that's like from the Hunger Games. Doesn't that old dude do that? Or is that the wrong movie? I don't know if that's in the Hunger Games, but Shoot. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know. There's some movie where they like switch blood or something. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the Hunger yeah, Games. Yeah, probably true. Yeah. Probably going on. 
Weird. Yeah, so that's Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy that people believe that's okay. Right. That's so hard. Yeah. They're just, like, people that don't understand their own role in the universe, and so they're like, I'm going to point my finger at these people, at, at yeah. the Jews or brown people, and it's like, they're causing the problems. <laughs> Which is exactly what Hitler did, is he... he pointed his finger at the Soviet Union, said they're Jews, pointed his finger at America, said they're Jews. Yeah. And, you know, he was, ten years before he was Hitler, he Mm -hmm. was literally a homeless person. He was a homeless person who was selling his paintings to be sold to painting frame stores. And so you know how you go to the grocery store and you buy a frame and there's like some random family on there that's like way too happy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) His his paintings were like the stock picture in the frames that they were selling. What the heck? And so that's how he got by. But he was in World War One and he was he was injured in World War One and really upset the fact that Nazi that Germany lost World War One, and so he basically earned the gift of not. Well, I mean, yeah, he was like possessed to understand how to <clears throat> have good public speech uh, speeches and to you know possess the the masses and like into believing manipulate that, them yeah, yeah exactly into believing that their problems are in this country or this ideology or this skin skin color yeah losing my voice it's okay <laughs> that's wild yeah so, very convincing sorry if that is a weird tone for your podcast <laughs> no this is <laughs> we've been be. so excited about this one <laughs> I have been. Yeah. We both talked oh, about yeah. it. We're both been. <laughs> More used to this stuff by now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's dope. So. Are yeah, you? hopefully that doesn't provoke anxiety. And <laughs> the last podcast was about how you know deal with it, and hopefully I don't <laughs> exacture the effects. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>